0: the meeting to order for the Iowa City City Conference Board Agenda. Roll call, please. Iowa City Council Members present. Uh, Burgess? Here. Mims? Here.
1: Salee, Yes. Taylor?
2: Here. Teague?
1: Here. Thomas? Here. Weiner? Here. Johnson County Supervisors. Green Douglas? Here. Hyden? Here. Porter? Reddig, Here. Sullivan? Here. And Iowa City Board of Education, Eastham, Malone, and Ressler. Uh... They obviously don't have a vote. Uh, we do have a quorum though, so
0: all right. Well, great. Welcome everybody to um, the conference board meeting and agenda. We are Going to go to item number C which is a motion to approve the minutes of February 19 2019 conference board meeting.
3: So moved second
0: discussion All in favor say aye. aye, aye. any opposed motion passes Item D, this is the fiscal one, fiscal year 2021 budget. The purpose of this meeting is to set a public hearing for um, the Iowa City Assessor's proposed budget for fiscal year 2021. And I know, Brad, you're going to kind of give us some updates there.
1: I'll go over it real quick. Uh- uh, most of our bu- budget every year is 80 is percent is of it is related to personnel. So, uh, as you can expect, that's what uh, most of the changes are this year. Uh, a few of the highlights um, in salaries: we budge- budgeted two and a quarter percent uh, for an annual increase, similar to what the county was using. I got that number from the county HR. And then we've got uh, various uh, merit percentage increases uh, among the staff. Uh, Corresponding to that, dire increases in FICA and IPERS and then a, uh, almost an 8% increase in health insurance. Um, the other, uh, every other year we have big, inc- either a big increase or a big decrease in postage and, and printing. Uh, fiscal year 21 will be a uh, reassessment year so, so we, we've increased it uh, to reflect that we'll be mailing assessment notices to everybody. Uh, that's as far as the the budget. Oh, and then also a three thousand uh, dollar annual uh, amount that we add to our reserve auto fund. Uh, so that's really all there is for the the actual budget. I should point out also. I don't know if you noticed on the the budget that I shared at the bottom of that. It shows a, a, an increase in the amount to be raised by taxation. Uh, a year ago, we had an empty an empty position in our office and. Uh, That allowed us last year to have a pretty low levy rate, and I asked for not very... uh, It was a pretty sizable decrease in the amount of taxation to fund our office. Uh, In hindsight, after talking with some uh, county finance, maybe I should have spread that out because now my levy rate is going uh, (laughs) uh, uh, on the other direction. Um, If you average them out, it'd still be be a really good levy rate. And actually, it's, it's just on the high end for our office over the last few years. Last year's levy rate was the lowest that I could find on record for our office. And this year, it's going to be a little different. But uh, in the future, if I had that happen again, I think I'd uh, try to stabilize it a little more. But uh,
3: thanks for that explanation, because I was wondering. And so that's why you had that large unassigned balance from the previous year, was because we would budgeted for that position, but it wasn't filled?
1: Yeah. OK, thanks. Uh, other than that, uh, I guess I'd like to thank my evaluation committee. Uh, Mayor Bruce, uh, Lisa Green Douglas, and Charlie Easton from School Board. We met on January 6th and were able to talk about uh, our office performance and I think that went well. Uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have.
4: Hey, Brad, this is about salaries. Um, So you use the county's evaluation tool for your staff that gets to merit, right? Yes. So they would get like our non-bargaining at the county, the 2.25, and then whatever merit they earned. <clears throat> what do you do for yourself and your deputy?
1: I use the same merit scale for the deputy, but for my for the deputy, we have two deputies actually. For myself, I I just put a number out there. I fill out that self-evaluation, and then I take it to our to my committee evaluation, and we go over all the all the answers that I put in. Uh, but yeah, that number isn't necessarily developed from the merit uh.
4: Sure. So did the committee then, Lisa, come up with a recommendation? We accepted.
5: What
6: okay
4: I, I just we just came from the county assessor board, and based on 2.25, you guys would you would be losing ground, so I'll, I'll hold this until we talk about that evaluation then. Thanks.
0: Anyone else want to make comments about the budget?
1: One, Janelle. They, so you saw for my salary, I have in three point seven five. Okay. After the okay.
3: Perfect. Thanks. I'm supportive of the budget as presented.
0: Okay. And is there any uh, one that is? Uh, I know that uh, Supervisor Lisa Green Douglas and I were part of the evaluation. Um I don't know if there is any desire for anyone to go into closed session or executive session to discuss the budget or anything related to employment. No. Okay. All right. We just All right. So, was someone like to make a motion to accept the budget I just heard Susan Mims. Move. Yep.
7: Yeah. Second. Does no, it would have to be seconded by something else. Second oh. for the council. Oh, that's okay. right. Yes, yes, yes. And
4: yes. 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 authorized publication. Error. yep,
0: yeah. Yes. So this motion is to approve publication on the proposed budget. Moved by Salis, seconded by Sullivan. All in favor say aye. Aye.
2: Aye. 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 aye.
0: Any opposed? Motion passes. All right. So moving <coughs> on to item number E. Um, there's, there's a motion... I need a motion to set a date for public hearing and the suggested date at this point is February 18, 2020.
3: So moved. Second.
0: Moved by Hyden, seconded by Mims. Discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes. Item number F. This is present Board of Review Applications. I believe we have Your one.
1: Packet. There's just one, one applicant for board of review. It's Ryan O'Leary. He's uh, a realtor in town. He also has, <coughs> uh, owns property. Yeah, he's involved in a number of things. I think he'd probably be a good uh, addition to the board of review. If uh, move yeah, the appointment of for Ryan O'Leary.
8: Okay, I'm just a
0: second. Move by Sullivan. Seconded by Thomas. All in favor, say aye for the appointment of board uh, review member Ryan O'Leary. Aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes. All right, so this is a time for board comments.
3: I'll just make one comment. I'd asked Brad this before the meeting, and so I'll just make it... uh, let everybody know. I had just asked about whether the Iowa City Conference Board um, is audited on an annual, every-other-year basis. Assessor's office. Or, assessor's office, I'm sorry. And um, we didn't, Rod and I and Brad were talking and didn't really have an answer, so they're going to check with the county um, and see if they're being audited through the county, and if not, just see if there's anything that we need to do in that regard.
1: So. I'll report back on that yeah. at our next meeting. Thank you.
4: We're discussing that we think you'd have to be because we're your fiscal agent and everything's on it.
3: But That's kind of what Rod thought, <laughs> and we're just—they were just going to check for sure.
0: Any other comments? All right, moving on to agenda number I, and that is adjournment. Do I have a, a motion? Both. All right, we have moved by. Me. Second. All right, so Lee, seconded by Rod Sullivan. All in favor say aye. 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 We are adjourned.
2: Wow. Thank you.
7: Yeah. That. That's what's Good work, Bruce. All right. <laughs> 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 Next. Should have been harder on you. That's
4: ridiculous. Throwing <laughs> 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 us out that quick. <laughs> what you
8: Yes.
0: No. Oh yeah. That's
9: what's fast.
8: Second line will be that about that well. Iowa one. City meeting.
9: You're bad.
0: Uh oh. <laughs> Don't put that pressure on me. <laughs> 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 All right.
4: Have a good night, everyone. Yes. Have and a good here. night. Thanks.
7: Nice. Bye.
0: I'm going to go ahead and invite HCDC up. I don't know how many of them. Thank you, everyone. I mean, good night. Have a good night. Yeah. Thank Not yeah. many of them are, are
10: here. Are there?
6: So, yeah.
4: Yeah. Hi, everyone.
0: Thank you. Isn't there, like, five members? I'm I mean, not sure. mean, just the commissioners. Yeah.
7: One,
1: two, three. Six quarters. All
7: right. <laughs> At least I know
0: three. Yeah. I'm assuming that H C D C members are going to invite them up. Sure. Stay um, down. Okay, awesome.
11: We are currently prepared to give you an overview of eight agency okay. if you want some background. Sure. Like if
0: you don't you can have the highers in the discussion. Okay. Okay, awesome. I'm gonna go ahead and invite H C D C commissioners up to join us, please.
6: Let's see, yeah, we
0: have enough. Yep, I see six chairs yeah. at minimum, so, yeah. Three, six, yeah. It's six. Yep, so we should be good.
7: Oh, okay. Yeah, there is
2: one
0: over there. All right, so we are transitioning into our um, Iowa City City Council work session for Tuesday, January 21st, 2020, here at City Hall. Um, And we have just invited HCDC up here to join in the first item that we're going to discuss, and this is the joint meeting with them in relation to the discussion for funding for the Aid to Agency Grant Program. I'm going to invite Kirk up here and maybe give us a little background from staff perspective.
12: So Kirk Lehman, Community Development Planner. I staff the HCDC. Um, I just wanted to go briefly over the background about how we ended up where we are today. So with some initial changes, the second round of changes, and then today's request. So in July 2018, council adopted changes to the aid to agencies process where prior it had been one funding round that would occur from August through July when they would receive funding. Um, That recommendation split aid to agencies into two sets of funds. So legacy agencies were those who had received funding in the past five years. And then emerging agencies were everybody else with most funds going to to those legacy agencies then. in January of 2019, then, as that first set of recommendations was was going through its first funding round, um, HCDC was considering the legacy aid to agency allocation. Um, at that point in time, uh, HCDC had a budget request uh, or a budget. Uh, estimate of $355,000, and HCDC decided to make a recommendation for full funding of requests for legacy agencies, which was $625,500. They requested a joint meeting with council to discuss, and in February, they had a joint meeting on, on February 5th and council recommended approval of that uh, as a one-time allocation with the understanding that HCDC would again revisit that aid agency's process to see if there's a way to avoid those last minute budget requests again so HCDC went through another funding process evaluation from April to June, and in July made a new recommendation. And that is what you find in your agenda packet up there. So with that, Legacy Agencies was no longer those who had received funding in the last five years, but instead got incorporated into the City Steps funding or the city steps plan, which is the consolidated plan that is updated every five years, and that is also reviewed annually. So it gives an opportunity for new agencies to potentially come in, um, but it also adds some consistency because it's a formal process for determining what our legacy agencies. So council approved that in September, uh, and in, during that time. City staff, plus the city council or city manager's office and HCDC representatives, as well as agencies, all met to discuss what budgets might look like in the future. And the agency impact coalition, which is the coalition of legacy agencies, came up with a request of five hundred thousand sixty-eight and four hundred dollars as a as a budget estimate. Um, December this last meeting for HCDC, December nineteenth. Um, the Agency Impact Coalition again came back and noted um, they would really like to maintain those current funding levels because they had seen increased need, which I imagine HCDC will be talking about. And so they came back with a request of $675,000, and that led to this request in this meeting once uh, council accepted the request. So in terms of moving forward then, after this meeting, HCDC will make its budget recommendation on January 23rd. So right now... Staff has estimated $435,000 based on the proposed budget that is currently out there. So that would be for legacy agencies in addition to uh, $23,000 for emerging agencies. So that would be $458,000 total in aid-to-agencies. And HCDC has received $660,300 in uh, aid-to-agency requests from legacy agencies. So I can throw out more numbers at you. But most of those should be in here. Again, it's in your packet. But if you do have questions, just wanted to give you a a brief background on that.
0: Thank you, Kirk. And um, so for the purpose of counselors here, we're uh, very happy that HCDC has made this recommendation and for those out in um, the community uh, that don't know what HCDC means, it means the Housing and Community Development Commission and so we wanted to definitely welcome all of you for being here today. Um, Because all of us don't know you, I know each of you, but I, I would like just to go around and just say your name for all the counselors. Please repeat, please. John
8: McKinstry. Megan Alter. Matt Drabeck.
13: VFX Fix My the chair. Peggy Aguilar. Maria Padron.
0: Thank you all for coming and being a part today. So what I'm thinking is we might start with um, if HCDC would like to um, share with us, and then after that we'll... Um, have some council discussion and counselors feel free to jump in and seek any clarification that you might have.
13: Thank you Bruce and thank you uh, council members for agreeing to have this joint session. Um, it's it's interesting to note that it was almost a year ago that we were here last time and uh, it's obviously a little bit different makeup but we're we're very excited to be continuing this conversation with you. Uh, I think that you know, I really commend the agencies in our community and my fellow commissioners for really trying to create a, a, a fair, transparent process for people applying for organizations, agencies to apply for this funding. And I think that we've uh, really tried to put together a process um, that works well. And I'm I'm really heartened by the fact that we've had conversations with city staff, with the city manager's office. <coughs> Uh, so I just kind of wanted to say thank you to everybody for putting so much time and energy into this. Um, and I think really tonight there's a couple reasons why we thought it might be good to just continue this conversation. Um, one is, and this is kind of overall, is to really shift our understanding um, of the work that our human resources uh, nonprofits perform and that it's, it's not necessarily charity, it's really an investment. And I think for Housing and Community Development Commission, every year we get funding requests that are that far exceed um, and historically have far exceeded what we've been able to provide. And I think that that's why last year you saw this real uh, change. And there are reasons for that. Um, you know, just <clears throat> to kind of recap some of the data that we had had. Last time we had convened, you know, the local population has has grown 11% from 2010 to 2017. We've had increased costs of living, more than 14% inflation um, from 2010 to 2018, and the number of people served by the agencies has increased, and funding has remained flat or actually decreased. Uh, with increased demand, agencies have not, have really needed to increase their sta- their staffing and their supplies and We've seen this, actually, agencies coming forth and saying that they're at risk of losing federal funds because they can't get their matching funds. And that's a real concern uh, for us. And really, when I say investment, I mean, I think that what I'm trying to get at is, you know, the services that our nonprofits provide, uh, the city cannot provide, right? But they they really are providing benefits that have costs that... that trip like trickle out throughout our entire community um, and so it's it's the human cost but it's literally the the amount of funds that they can um, they can generate and, and the projects that they do and the people that they serve um, that type of investment I think is is something that we should really be looking at and I say that as though they are vendors they're providing services to our community um, that I don't think anybody else can really provide. Uh, So I think it's sort of important to kind of frame it in that uh, regard. And then I kind of had two sort of goals, uh, a short term and a long term. Um, One would be to create a starting point for funding agencies that accurately reflects the public needs being served by those agencies. So the starting point that we had you know, it was like 300 at Kirk. It was, you know, it was pretty abysmal, and it had been flatlined for a really long time, for over a decade, which is before we came last year, and um, we had. I I think what we're seeing is that we need a new starting point that actually reflects what is going on in our community. And I think that it was somewhat of a surprise to city councilors last time because nobody had really presented data. And um, that's kind of what we're hoping to continue the discussion about today. Um, And so then our recommendation is that that starting point be 675, moving forward, $675,000. And then second is a long-term plan. And I really would like to um, encourage another conversation that is to start planning for a sustainable investment resource outside of aid to agency. So our recommendation or my recommendation would be that we collaborate with city staff to outline a pathway forward to launch a local option sales tax uh, venture. And um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity. That's one idea. Um, but I think that there's a real desire to push this a little bit further. That The, the the community that we are a part of is really strong and vibrant when we look at like our volunteerism, when we look about and see the diversity and the strength that we have, these seven goals, our social justice, our racial equity, all of all of these elements, I think that we can rally around our nonprofits who serve our community and create um, a local option sales tax venture that would be successful. And so to keep those local nonprofits In that um, calculation for that. And so I really would welcome a conversation and a plan to move forward because I think that we need that long term, uh, that long term vision, that long term venture, whatever that may be. There have been a couple of those discussed. A utility tax, local option sales tax uh, was the one that I think has gained a little bit more traction. Uh, So, anyway, those are kind of the opportunities that we have discussed with the. the agency impact coalition and with city staff uh, over this last year. So um, those are kind of the two things I was hoping that we could discuss a little bit further. And then I would also like to introduce our aid to agency or our <laughs> agency impact coalition. Too many agencies. Uh, agency impact coalition um, actually put together a presentation to sort of introduce themselves, and I think that they have some really um, interesting and compelling information that. As HCDC, you know, it's it's really their story to tell. So, uh, if it's okay with you, I, I I think that they would like to show their presentation.
0: Sure. Do we have staff that can help set up the computer?
14: Hi, good evening. Uh, my name is Nikki Ross. I am a co-chair of the Agency Impact Coalition. We convened for the first time last February, um, and we have 17 of 22 agencies um, who receive A2A funding are part of our coalition. I'll let you introduce okay. yourself,
2: too. <laughs> I'm Chrissy Canganelli, Executive Director, and Shelter House is a member of the Agency Impact Coalition.
14: Um, before we begin, so I know how quickly to move, um, how much time would you like to give us for this part?
0: <laughs> um, how much time do you would you like?
14: <laughs> <laughs> I will keep it snappy, and you can ask questions if I go th- over things too quickly. How about that?
2: Great. Okay. Thank you. <laughs>
14: um, So really, we will reiterate what it is that V said. We are asking for an investment in our collective community impact. We wanna talk a little bit about that today. Something that might have been missing from the process, a prior process, and the determination of what funding should be for our social services in our community is really the conversation about what is that scope, and how are we working together to provide this much needed service um, to our community and enrich the lives of people. We don't talk about that often enough, in my opinion, and in an opinion of um, the AIC. So let's start with talking about, ooh, I'm going the wrong direction. <laughs> um, the continuum, um, The continuum of care. The idea that we have funded organizations as a, okay, we're gonna put some some funds here to healthcare, to education, to employment. We wanna make sure everybody understands, um, and the reason we convene together is to tell our story together. This is a continuum of care. Every piece works together. All these organizations work together to provide a framework and a safety net for folks in our community who are vulnerable. We cannot do it on our own as a single organization. The city cannot do it on their own. We have to combine that together. Um, That collective impact has substantial economic multipliers and a significant public benefit that positively impacts our community. Um, I'm gonna go through some of these pretty quickly, but I'm gonna ask also um, Chrissy to help me. (laughs) Uh, We have several points uh, about actual cost impact to our community for some of some of the work that we're doing collectively. Um, I try to identify where the information came from um, at the end here. So <laughs> we know that the winter shelter decreased, um, decreased vagrancy calls by as much as 74%. That's a decrease in public safety costs. Um, in terms of health care, we're sending folks to the appropriate level of care when they get um, support from the free medical and dental clinic. And then, you know, improvements in housing are also uh, contributing to those decreased healthcare, <coughs> hospitalization, emergency room, and even incarceration costs. The other two areas um, that we chose to identify tonight, just know this is, there's so many more we tried to like. Sum it up. <laughs> um, it's just that, that improved employability. So, the youth organizations um, in our community who are part of this uh, are building mentoring relationships that have enabled 55% of the student mentees to stay in high school. 100% of everyone in the youth transitional living program, as part of, of UAY, has uh, obtained or maintained employment. I mean, not just providing housing, but actual economic contribution. Is provided um, childcare. I think you can. I mean, that's a clear connection. <laughs> um, and then the, uh, the 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 other piece, the last piece we wanted to talk about was how our organizations are actually capturing extremely valuable resources that are would not be captured by anybody else. So, um, first of all, we're we're organizing we're utilizing local funds to leverage state and federal funding. It's really important to know that as local funding decreases, we are at a huge risk of losing federal and state dollars if we cannot keep up. Um, for the free medical and dental clinic, 1.6 million of in-kind expert medical services are provided to people. That's how we can keep that cost so low. That's how we can provide appropriate care that doesn't involve going to the emergency room. Um, Table to table, we just for what we bring to Iowa City is $4.5 million worth of food that would go into the landfill, and we're getting it to people who need it. Um, Food pantries, meal sites, and meal delivery services are bridging that meal gap for a fraction of the cost of retail food. And wherever possible, all of our agencies are utilizing um, volunteers to provide basic services. That's a quick summary of that. <laughs> so let's move into what funding has looked like. Um, the Iowa Policy Project folks put together a, um, an assessment for us to understand how funding has <laughs> kept up over time. And what they discovered is that when you take into um, account inflation, aid to agency funding has decreased by 17%.
0: Um,
14: if aid to agency funding is meant to provide a stable source, something that we can rely on to continue the level of our services, um, that's been a challenge. And it's it's not sticking up there with us. Um, and so we have a few examples. Um, it's a lot of information. It has been provided to you. Uh, I will ask Chrissy to help me um, with some of the different items, but I'm just going to call to your attention. We've gotten six organizations to provide some very specific examples. A lot of what we've talked about is broad, um, but here are some specific organizations. Um, So, the Free Medical and Dental Clinic, they did receive an increase in funding, but take a look at, they've doubled their weekly clinics and increased you know, shifted their focus from um, drop-in uh, urgent c- care to more comprehensive health services. Um, I'm going to let Chrissy take over for me. Sure. <laughs>
2: um, so to uh, pick off where Nikki left, is what we tried to do is take a snapshot of several different organizations and share with you, uh, given the level f- of funding in 2010, so if you'd look at that blue ish text box there, Um, given the level in 2010, compared to uh, FY 2019 funding, to look at that in comparison to how our service needs or service costs, based on either uh, activity level, service of unit or units of service, um, how those have changed in comparison with the level of funding received from aid to agencies. Um, in every way, it's not kept stride. We've really struggled with trying to um, communicate different. Um, metrics that would speak in a consistent way for the Council, Um, but at the same time, we also want to, as we're sharing this information, uh, add to the conversation that this is based on a gross assumption, which is that, in the first case, that FY 2010 funding was a relevant starting-off place to even begin the conversation. And I would say, without exception, across the uh, coalition, uh, we agree that it is not. So um, pre-medical clinic, uh, in indicating the uh, numbers of individuals that they're seeing and the services, they've increased their uh, weekly medical clinics by 30%, uh, doubled the number of weekly dental dental clinics, uh, talking about the scope of services, so more comprehensive care, um, and shifting from acute to chronic care, All of these things are much longer conversations, but we're trying to truncate the information to make it um, something that can uh, be metabolized in a short period of time in this evening's conversation. So 37% increase in costs uh, required to support the increases in the number of scope of services. And then if we go back into that text box, um, it costs $317,000 per year to serve Iowa City residents in the free medical and dental clinic, and they're leveraging so much more. Um, and then, briefly, um, just some high-level kind of impacts and costs to the community. You can see there in the bottom. And I don't want to continue to read everything for everyone, but any questions on that? And, and if there are, I'd ask Bar- Barbara to, mm-hmm. to speak to that.
14: Okay. I knew Chrisy could help summarize what we were trying to get at, <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, And I'm just going to go through really quickly. Um, I do encourage you to read these more closely. I think what they do is paint a picture for us of how every individual service has grown in its own way to meet a changing scope of need in the last 10 years, um, and then how that reduction of funding is ultimately impacting um, these organizations and our community. So UAY expanded programming, their funding has decreased by 54% in the last 10 years. They have adjusted the scope and direction of services while having minimal budget increases. That's, you know, that's an incredible feat. Um, but then to continue to do that with 50, 54 percent less funding, um, community has uh, th- has offered a 48 percent increase in their number of assists, doubled the amount of food per visit. So, folks, when we're talking about people visiting a food pantry. Um, it, it really matters how much people are walking away with, like how long they can be fed um, by these programs. And a doubling of the amount of food per visit certainly makes an impact there. Um, the This this is correlated with, uh, this one's an interesting one because um, to talk about why we should maintain the level of funding, um, this year with that increase in funding that was, was offered by the city, um, community was able to, support an 8% increase in the number of people served and do a Saturday, um, do a Saturday pantry. So these are real impacts.
2: Um, shelter House, I'll let you speak to this. Sure, thanks. Um, so one thing that I'd use us as an exemplar of is that initially uh, aid agencies funding supported emergency shelter services. <laughs> um, again, the amount that we were initially awarded based on not necessarily relevantly uh, need. As I was told, and I'll be candid in this, going more than 15 to 20 years back, um, where you were funded at was based on, and I quote, from past city staff and past council members that I advocated with. Again, no one here today uh, was a part of those conversations, but it depended on who you knew um, within the staff and the council, and when you came into the process. Not very data informed. So um, just based on the changing and just alone on the nights of shelter, 148% increase in the nights of shelter. But over time, and if we just look at FY10 as a starting point, we've radically changed the service offerings through Shelter House, and we're not not unique. Other agencies have done the same work. So the work that we're doing is more sophisticated, it's more expansive not based on us driving that, but on the community need. And there are macro issues that we're responding to that we don't have control over. So programs such as rapid rehousing, permanent supportive housing, which are allowing us to not just manage homelessness, but end it, and make real impacts in our community that have public benefit. These things are not even consideration in the current funding levels. And are technically, if we wanted to be restrictive in how we talked about that, not literally supported at the current levels. Uh, again, using us as an example, um, that that we're not unique. There are other the same stories across these different agencies. Is that helpful?
0: And I do want to make sure that we'll have more time for council to discuss with the commissioners. So.
14: I. That's why I asked. All right, thank you. <laughs> um, so you'll note two additional um, examples. It's, this, it's a similar story, but we all are doing things, um, expanding services or, or Big Brothers and Big Sisters has, has a waiting list. That's one thing we haven't talked about yet. What happens when you are not funded? You do not grow to meet the need, and you have a really big waiting list, and that's fewer folks who can, who can um, benefit from these services. Uh, and so I'm going to have Chrissy speak to this last slide.
2: Um, so our focus here and our message is that we amplify and exponentiate the work of the city, your work. And we can't do that uh, without your support. This is a collaboration. Um, and moving forward, we have essentially three asks. And, and it's to work together in collaboration to, number one, approve, we recommend, to approve the current funding recommendation from Housing Community Development Commission. Help us move the needle forward on this foundational starting point. Continue funding at this level. It's the minimum needed to maintain our sustainability, our consistency, and our continuity and care. To build, strengthen our continuum of care by increasing the investment in our operating capacity and our capital needs. And three, to commit. Commit to establishing new and increased financial resources, invest in our collective, commu- uh, collective community impact. We hope to do this uh, in partnership with you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, so that's the impact, um, the agency impact coalition member. So really appreciate you all coming out and um, having a video to share with the council and the commissioners today. All right, so we'll kind of open it up to counselors and commissioners to have a discussion.
2: I would like
10: to say a few things from the last time that we met. And is that these agencies combined uh, provide, have a full-time equivalent uh, of more than 500 employees. And they bring to our community 36 million dollars from other sources of funding, and also they provide benefits like retirement and healthcare and things like that to their employees.
0: Thank you. One
8: one question I would have is on the um, how is the how is your funding from private donations, the aid agents, the agencies? How how is their funding? Trending? Is it increasing as well, or decreasing? I am
13: not aware of their private um, funding, like resources, revenues, and I'm certain it's probably different according to.
8: Probably H. different, but yeah, in terms of is it trending? Is it flat as well, or is it increasing? I think um, that would speak a... to that.
13: Yeah, maybe maybe one of the agencies can speak to it.
8: Mm-hmm. Please. i Stu Mullins from UAY. Ours has gone up. That's one of the. They touched on that we've had a, you know, uh, we've halved our amount in the last 10 years, and that's how we've tried to keep up. And, yeah, our fundraising has been aggressive. we worked really hard at it, and it has gone up a lot. Um, I think in the last year or so, it's gone up 150%, something like that. So that's
11: how we're trying to meet our gaps.
13: I will comment on that, too, is, you know... um it also depends on your capacity, right? So, how much capacity do you have with staffing to commit to fundraising? And I think that certain agencies probably are at a disadvantage or a steep learning curve um, with with that. You know, so it's sort of a circular kind of.
8: Yes, and we. I mean, I'll just I'll make one last comment. I mean, we that was a by design. The board and I um, and our management team we wanted to go after it aggressively and put somebody in that role. A to to fill that gap where we were losing money, um, but also to have the community better understand our value. That was a big piece of it was just we needed to do a better job of raising money but a better job of showing why we're important. So. I, I would just comment that I think uh, your presentation uh, this evening where you you did show that kind of the collective impact um, addresses to some degree the fact that Each agency's capacity to fundraise is different. So it seems to me that the collective concept both better portrays the the fullness of what it is that's being provided as well as could help with the the fundraising component uh, that would go along with it.
7: I I just want to ask you, uh, remind me, what is the original amount we have the city allocated for? Before last, before the increase, yeah. For the increase? I can't remember. It was something like 350,
13: <coughs>
12: 300 355
7: years. or something? And when is the
12: last? 378. 700 for a couple of years. Yeah. It was how much? 378, 700 for a couple of years.
7: Okay, partly. when when the last time we increased it? Last year. Over 10
13: years before ago.
7: Is 10 20. years ago, like 2010? <laughs> no.
11: Good evening, Jeff Fruin, city manager. Um, We've really looked back from fiscal year 10. It's been pretty steady. It's gone up a little some years, gone down a little some years both in the general fund contributions and in the CDBG contributions. Um, Staff looks at it a little bit more holistically and looks at um, all of the support that we're providing to agencies, not just legacy agencies or emerging agencies. So some of you may recall when this came up last year, we laid out Um, While the grant program has stayed fairly stable since 2010, that funding level, the city has certainly uh, picked up funding for a number of other causes, winter shelter, behavioral access center. Uh, things of that nature, even the 1105 project we financially contributed to. And of course, you're very familiar with what we've done in the affordable housing area. So when I look at aid to agencies, I don't look at it as a grant program. I look at it as more of a holistic approach to how the city is funding uh, some of these community needs. And if you look at it that way, our support has grown tremendously since that time. However, the grant program itself has stayed very flat. What was proposed to you in the fiscal year 21 budget is roughly about a 25% increase over that historical flat level. But again, that changes from from year to year. Um, That 25% increase was meant to reset the base, if you will. That was the conversation we had with the council in August about resetting that base. So we looked at uh, factors like the CPI, like a 2% inflation factor, uh, the growth of our taxable base, and ultimately our recommendation was was that... uh, uh, 25% roughly increase.
13: I also may add, too, that the aid to agencies is a little bit different because it's uh, <clears throat> somewhat unrestricted. So some of the other grant programs, you know, this is, this is uh, different because it can be applied to salaries and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Just to show you that there's some nuance there. Um, and I think that's why agencies have really <clears throat> sort of come together around this issue because it's it's different than other grant um, programs, but it is, you know, true what uh, Jeff has said and, and has been, we've been talking about that in our discussions. Um, it's just that this pot is different in that sense. And um, which, would, as you can imagine, a nonprofit, it can be very vital.
15: I would just add to that when looking at individual fundraising, that many times going outside of these funds, they are restricted. Um And so and they might be small dollar, you know, a couple of thousand dollars is not small. And yet, if you're looking to be able to grow for those goals and those needs, that's an awful lot of grants that are having to be put together. And there's a limited number of dollars in the private sector for that as well. So um, I just wanted to mention that, that at the same time that there have been a lot of fundraising Um, efforts, um, they can't go for some of the things that are desperately needed in terms of operational needs. Good
2: idea. Um,
3: Go ahead. Go
16: ahead. (laughs) I'm just going to say from a policy standpoint, I think one thing that would be helpful for me to understand from the current council is really where we see ourselves in terms of this um, framing as kind of the core governmental services and talking about investment in the community. I think Chrissy, you know, tried to really talk about impact in terms of data, right? We want to have data-driven information and understand the impact in a way that is quantifiable in in some manner. And so I think the other um, avenues that Jeff just mentioned, the affordable housing and, I mean, I think even of our climate action grants and our... um, social justice and racial equity grants. I think the city has shown through those programs collectively that we have a policy understanding that we want to support this kind of investment in our community and this kind of work personally, I, I very much appreciate what V said of having a fair and transparent process and I think, you know, we when we look at what the council, the council's role in this is delegating the authority to HCDC to grant these funds in a relatively unrestricted way and so if we're just talking about what is the size of that pot and what's appropriate to reset it at, again, I'm just kind of looking for consensus on um, do we think that, that that number really was too low and resetting it to to the right point, is it 625? Is it 675? Personally, I'm in favor of you know some, some increase over history as long as the council uses that process and really does give the authority to HCDC to make those decisions. We've seen ourselves kind of bend over backwards and, and you know a smaller specific request, and so that, that's kind of where I'm coming from.
3: I guess we and I appreciate that comment, Laura, because that helps with what I was going to ask. Um, and number one, I'm going to come back to your point in just a minute, but if I could first, I'm interested in asking the coalition what kinds of requests and or what kinds of money have you received from other municipalities?
9: Can we add the county in there as well?
3: Sure. It, I, I'm serious about this, folks. Coralville and North Liberty are each close to 20,000 in population. So when you put them together, they are about 50% of the population of Iowa City. And there comes a point that it is not fair. I know you're all going to say, oh, she doesn't want to spend the money. No, that, that's not it. It's it's also about fairness. If they're 50% of the population of this metro area, they should be contributing a significant amount of money. And so if they're not even coming close to what Iowa City is giving proportionately, I think we've got to have some real serious conversation about how we move (coughs) forward on this instead of Iowa City always being asked to pick it up.
6: Becky Reedus, I'm the Executive Director of Community. Um, I think I can answer this a little bit differently than some of my counterpart um, agencies in that there are food pantries that exist in Coralville and um, North Liberty. Mm -hmm. Um, So Coralville and North Liberty do fund both of those food pantries. We do not seek funding for food pantries from Coralville or North Liberty. However, we have a basic needs program. and in that um, w- Generally, about two-thirds, maybe a bit more, of the individuals that receive assistance through our basic needs programs are Iowa City residents. So I take a look at a total program when I'm presenting for funding for multiple entities, and I take a look at the total number of recipients, and I break it down very specifically by residency, and that forms the basis for our funding request. You might, Iowa City might get a request out of 100, if I'm going for $100,000, I might ask $70,000 of Iowa City, for instance, I might ask $15,000 from Coralville, I might ask the remainder or close to remainder from North Liberty. It, there's no guarantee of, of, of success in meeting that, um, but we do apply to all, we go after all funding sources. I believe probably most of uh, the nonprofits with me in the audience today would say something similar. So I think our response is a little bit different. So we do go after those um, requests. But um, Councilman, the, uh, the fact is that the, the larger proportion of our services are provided to Iowa City residents.
5: Mm-hmm. I'm Barbara Vinograd with the Iowa City Free Clinic. I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but um, over 50%, I think it's 54% of clinic users are Iowa City residents. And we also request um, funding from Coralville. We, about, I believe 13% of our patients are from Coralville, and a relatively small percentage are from North Liberty, but we do get funding from all three of those um, municipalities. I requested funding for North Liberty for the first time in this fiscal year that we're in now, and we did receive some. Coralville funding has increased um, slightly over the last five years, mm-hmm. um, and I can give you exact figures if you want. Um, they're in, the, in our application as well, but if you'd like exact figures, we receive um, about 5,500 from Coralville, 1,500 from North Liberty, and until this last year, 15,000 from the city of Iowa City.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, if you just, and I'm not saying this is the way it is, but if you looked at it purely on a population basis, you'd be looking, I think, roughly at two thirds should come from Iowa City, um, and the other third coming from combined Coralville and North Liberty when you look at an 80 and 40. And so I'm just kind of curious, come ahead, Chrissy, I'm just curious. I would also say while Chrissy's coming up, it, it, it's interesting to me, and it's not the answer the solution to this, is how many people live in Iowa City because we have the services in Iowa City versus they might choose to live in North Liberty or Coralville, but the services they need don't exist there. And so when we look at the number of Iowa City residents that are being served, they're also here because of the services. So.
2: Well, and so much of it is also uh, how does one prescribe residency? hmm Um, that's different across different systems Mm -hmm. and becomes obstacles for each of us given the different funding sources that we're working with. Um, But I'd add, so uh, funding from... um, the other municipalities is a a fraction of what the city uh, does uh, provide to shelter house. Um, The county is largely in step with city funding. I don't know the other part of this is how does that compare with the resources that those entities, those municipal entities have to uh, distribute, Mm -hmm. right? When we met with uh, Jeff and city staff, we talked, the coalition, that is, as far as wanting to make this conversation expand um, more regionally. We understand that this goes beyond the city of Iowa City that's not lost on us. And we know that we have an opportunity, um, or we believe that we have an opportunity with your leadership to... um, inform that conversation in a different way and to inspire some more bold behavior, frankly. Um, The City of Iowa City is the one community that has a consolidated plan. It is an entitlement community. Each of these organizations plays a vital role in executing and ensuring that that Consolidated plan, that strategic plan for addressing the needs of individuals who are lower to modest income um, to be able to um, not just survive but thrive in our community. We play a vital role in that. Um, We don't have that same kind of tool and vehicle to uh, work out of with those other communities but um given an opportunity we can certainly make those uh, arguments Um, it's just that they don't subscribe to the same kind of planning either so does that
3: i appreciate i appreciate everybody's comments Uh, to get back to your point laura i'm what i would like to see us to do in regard to this is one i think this decision needs to be made in the context of the entire budget and so i think while we all may have ideas in terms of we want to see the full funding, we want to see some increase, but maybe not the full funding or whatever. I, I, and I, I don't care what people have to say tonight from the standpoint of, of presenting those positions, but I think a formal, a formal decision kind of related to that should occur. Probably, at our next meeting, when we would probably have the bu- had the opportunity to talk about the budget, because we need to look at where this money would come from, you know are we comfortable taking more money out of reserves? do we you know what could it do to our tax levy, et cetera so i think I think it does need to be decided in the context
7: of the overall budget I guess want to say something here, you know no doubt this organization are providing really essential critical service to our you know resident in iowa city as Vic said as V said you said that we need to look at this not as a like charity i think the same thing i really think that our contribution to those kind of organizations not have to be we don't have, we have to stop looking at it as a charity we should look at it as just we need to look at those vendor, you know, those organizations as a vendor who are providing service to our residents of Iowa City. Just think about it. If these organizations are not there, like I'm going to give a like few examples. I know there is awesome, a lot of organizations, but what comes in my mind right now, like the, the crisis center for the food and the shelter house and the free clinic. If we don't have those organizations there, that means we're going to have a lot of residents in this community, who are staying without the basic need, such as food, shelter, and you know the healthcare or like clinic, go well, just the right to go to the clinic. Just yes, I, I would like the people to think about it as the same thing. Our cities cannot operate without water, without like uh, infrastructure, without the road. Same thing, our city. Also cannot really operate without our resident having access to food and shelter and health care. We really need to find our so to, we really need to fund our uh, social service agency at the same amount last year we increased it to or the request that you guys have which is six hundred seventy five i think and um, I don't think if we look at this increase and this money comparing to the city budget, is not that huge. It is really like small amount. When I see there is many, like we invest thousands and millions of dollars in some another project of the city. And I think this, especially this project, is really, really an awesome project which help our vulnerable people in the community who are really in, they need a basic need. Like this is not like, some is not like for, for fun. They are not doing like uh, some service that people are not needing. they did doing critical services, which is basic need. I think, you know, um, if we can just increase this, like, amount and make it like, like this every year, keep it the same amount? Because when I look at the research, and they're saying that the fund has been decreased to 17%, that's the research saying that. That's like a number who is real. And I think if we, since 2000, if we was increasing it since 2010, by certain amount every year, Today we will reach the same amount which is 600 something I really support that we just increase the amount that you know HCCDC requested and I support the full fund thank you I really
9: appreciate the form that your presentation took I appreciate enormously that the Agency Impact Coalition has taken the time to come together uh, to work through this whole process and to come up with a proposal that that demonstrates that these are a number of agencies that are not only serving our people, but that are working together to provide this continuum of care, as you described it. Uh, The other piece that I appreciate is that you're in looking forward not just talking about the the base funding that you're looking for right now, but you're also looking to other stable, permanent means of funding going forward. So sort of creating, creating community in that way as well. There are a couple of numbers that struck me. One was the in real terms, 17% decrease in funding. The other one that someone mentioned earlier was also the the increase in population of 11% over a, over a more limited number of years. When you put those together, those are substantial numbers. Um, the it's basically, from my perspective, it's Maslow's Maslow's law. If you don't have the basics in life, uh, you can't really focus on anything else you can't focus on learning you can't focus on a job you can't focus on uh, on moving forward in your life so i am interested in looking at it in in uh, in the context of the overall Budget picture. I think it's important that we do that and make sure that as we as we look at our budget as the city, that it's part of that, that it's that we look at it holistically. Uh, I'm also interested in in looking at it in the larger context of what other cities are doing and what the county is doing, so that as as much as we're doing with the um, with the the new. Um, Access center. center, the access, thank you, the access center, that this is something that not only maybe agencies can, can, can approach jointly, but perhaps um, governmental agencies can, can approach jointly. So basically, I, the need is there. These, do you, you are contributing to the community, and I think this should be part of our overall budget discussion.
10: I also agree we should include it in our overall budget discussion just to um, see the numbers. I I do very much appreciate the, I didn't even know the agency Impact Coalition existed, and I, I appreciate their information and, and all the data, as Laura mentioned, about uh, data-driven information. Our, I think our nation and our country people have, have become so data-dependent. They like to see the numbers and the data, uh, the real uh, grit behind what they're trying to make decisions on. Uh, people do that in their everyday lives, in their own budgets, in their homes, and, and look at data um, and what they're using for energy, et cetera. Uh, so I do appreciate uh, your report, um, I, and I, I also appreciate the, the HCDC because we have appointed these people to this commission uh, to do exactly that, to, to look at these agencies and to divvy out the funds as they see needed. And they've seen over the years, obviously, an increasing need, and, and as the data was shown uh, by the uh, uh, impacts. Uh, uh, Presentation. There is a need out there, but there were some other options mentioned. Uh, v you'd mentioned the lost, uh, and we, as a group, have talked about that many times. We, uh, we, of course, kind of had blinders on, and we're thinking of um, uh, for road use because Cedar Rapids uses their lost, most of their lost funding for road use. But, but this is obviously a big community need here, and and I, I just uh, really appreciate the comment. I don't remember who said that that. Um, these agencies are, uh, these plans, it's for individuals not to just survive, but to thrive. And I think, and, and as everyone has alluded to, we want the members in our community to thrive, no matter what their income level is or, or who they are. So I think that that is something, and that would go along with our budget, more of our budget decision rather than just saying flat out now this is how much we want to want to do.
0: I guess for me, um, I, what I hear is definitely that we're going to have um, continue discussion about this. Counselors, we do have two more meetings before we have to actually uh, finalize the budget. So the 4th and the 18th is when we will have the, the finalization, I guess, for scheduled council meetings um, because of some of the things that we have to get for state documents and that type of stuff and public hearing um, obligations. So uh, just as a point of a reminder, as I think about this, I actually um, am happy that Jeff uh, may comment because he talked about the global of what we've done here within our community. And so when I hear about the winter shelter, the access center, the 1108 building, 1105, 1105 building, I know it's something. <laughs> um, the affordable housing, um, that it, it really, really makes me happy that our community actually has done a lot, um, it, when I think of a human rights city, um, w- these are the elements, as Councilor uh, Weiner talked about, you know, Maslow hierarchy. And so I'm very happy to hear all the things that we have done. What I do know is that for the aid to agencies, um, I would have to agree with, with V. It is a little different. This is where um, we're talking about the, the impact For the services, for them to be activated. There's an employment element to a lot of this. Um, And, you know, fundings are very different. I'm not gonna even try to compare um, federal funding matches, um, other community matches. What I do know is that within our community, um, we pride ourselves in ensuring that we take care of everyone within this community. And we're talking about. You know, the basic needs of individuals um, in this continuum of care, I love that model uh, where you all show the continuum of care. It really does touch base on... um, all the needs of those within our community that are less fortunate or really do need help. Um, we all have our personal stories and I won't go into mine, but I can tell you that um, our agencies do make a difference in our community. So for me, I know we can, we're going to wait to the 4th and to the 18th, um, but you know, I am beyond convinced that we need to increase the funding for our aid to agencies. And, so, um, and So that's where I am and where we are. I I do believe, um, as Councillor Berg has talked about, you know, we need to look at this from a uh, policy point of view. You know, how do we, if we're going to do this, how do we make it sustainable? Um, and and I believe that we do have to have those conversations as councillors. Um, but I think we do need to also uh, be aggressive in what we're going to do to make sure that the individuals that are on the, they are the ones that are doing the work. Um, We need affordable housing and, uh, you know, all these structures to house people. We need that. But... When I think of social workers, uh, everyone within these agencies, I consider them to be social workers. They are navigating the system to make life um, uh, things that we, a lot of us just take advantage, that we just have. We have, you know, all these opportunities. And so for me, I'm looking forward to the conversation on the 4th and or the 18th um, where we further our discussion. Um, So, yeah.
8: Yeah. I, I'm supportive of the, um, the request for the 675,000. Uh, it is interesting, uh, it was a really useful presentation that was made in terms of the, the collective actions, the 500 employees um, that make up those services. The City of Iowa City has 600 employees, <laughs> roughly. So that's a vast network of services that are being provided by the agencies. Uh, and, you know, I think as, as I mentioned earlier, presenting them as a collective, in their collective community impact, I think is really useful and I hope will help with the, um, the contributions that will be coming from the community because I'm concerned that the state and federal levels are fragile as well. So, you know, I do mm-hmm. feel uh, your, your impact on the community needs to be understood by the community and that will also help with the funding efforts. Um, But I think it's clear the city of Iowa City has strived to be a leader on these issues. And I would add transportation to all the other things that were mentioned. So equity plays a very big role in Iowa City, and I think this is an important piece that needs to be corrected.
7: Yes?
0: So would it be, uh, would uh, council be an agreement that maybe we can put this on the February 4th meeting um, just to continue some budget items then?
16: Yeah, I think I have a couple of requests for staff, but I would want to get your all buy-in before I ask for that. Um, One would be to quantify those things that Jeff mentioned of kind of what are all these um, different mechanisms of support and what are those buckets, right, because they... They may have different funding sources or they may come out of different funds, but, for, but what we could characterize and what we could articulate to the community as, you know, promoting those types of um, services, not just the aid to agencies. But I, I think that would be really helpful if that's something staff thinks they could pull together to for that global discussion. Um, and then also the, the question of just where... HCDC's role is, I'm wondering if, um, and V, maybe I could put you on the spot, um, if you feel like the commission has kind of the right parameters for the scope of what we're talking about, given that this funding has changed, even just that big jump, the one year, um, do you feel like you have adequate direction? I think staff was kind of recommending a different direction, and so I'm just
13: What exactly do you mean in terms of parameters?
16: Yeah, is the commission's charge from the council and the city appropriate for the scope of really what we're talking about in the types of services that we're helping to fund?
13: I mean, I can speak for the commission that we're on right now, the commissioners that I have, and the process that we've been through with the Agency Impact Coalition and other organizations that um, I think we've learned a lot. (laughs) Um, And I feel fairly confident that um, I am also really for process and transparency. Um, I think that we understand our role um, in terms of what we need to bring to you and that some of the changes that we have made have really incorporated a lot of staff comment, uh, which I think has kind of leveled the playing field there. So I feel like we're we're very comfortable in our role. um, And now that we have the agency, Impact Coalition, and our other organizations. I feel like there's a real clear channel of communication and also with council. So this has been very illuminating for us and a great learning process. Um, I mean, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I feel like we've kind of gotten to a point where I think we feel comfortable with where we're at. You don't feel like you're kind of off
16: on your own making recommendations that aren't fitting into the framework of what the commission is supposed to do?
13: I don't think so, and I think that it also fits into the larger goals of the city. I think that what we do is we try and make sure, and I've had conversations with some of our um, agencies as well, that, you know, they really want to help fulfill the seven goals. So how can they do that? How can they, um, you know, incorporate into their services aspects of that? So like I said, I think that we have a really good working relationship, and I think that the role that we play is... I will say that today it's way better than when I first stepped in two years ago. <laughs> I, I felt like it was blinders. And now I feel like we actually have a process that staff and um, <coughs> agencies and the commission have really worked hard to make it feel like, you know, there, people aren't on the chopping block, we're not making decisions in isolation, um, and that there's a real fair um, and inclusive process. So that's kind of how I feel. I think that we're pretty well charged at this point. And the commission, even beyond the people that are a part of it, I think, has a better understanding of its role.
7: I, I just want to say something final before you close this. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I know that, you know, the, the city staff already proposed, budget for us, that would, re- would reduce the tax six cents. And I know that most of the council are for the re- reduction of the tax. Even though it's only six cents, I always think that, Our resident is not going to feel it. And uh, if I said, don't reuse it, make it like, leave it alone, Yes, you know, don't increase it, don't reduce it. But maybe the city manager going to say, or the finance person, they will tell me the six cent is from the, I guess, the debt service levy. I understand that you cannot use this money to give out, like, another money, but we are using like from the general fund, some money to do some kind of project. Instead, we can just bond for that, make it for the death service lobby, and use this money, and don't reduce tax, don't increase tax, leave it alone. Just as it is, our residents not gonna feel that. Anyway, you, you just take this with you, and when we come back during the budget, maybe we can think about this, so we are not gonna interrupt the budget of the city. If that's going to be an interruption, if you cannot find something else. I just propose that to the, cert- the council.
3: Um,
9: if I could add one thing, is that, that the other piece that I found that I think gives a fair amount of... Of structure and certainty now is folding the existing agencies into the city steps process, uh, and having this five-year window so that there's a certain amount of certainty, and, and agent and agencies can know what to expect. Um, certainly for a two-year period, but probably further on. So that to me is an important part of the process, um, and I I do believe that whatever whatever level we end up at, that that process and then sticking to those goals and those budget levels will be important going forward.
0: I know Councilor Burgess had made a recommendation, um, but need other council support f- to request that Jeff do some, quantific- some quantifying of kind of the global thing, so yeah. right. I, mean, I
3: think we've gotten that before and I'm sure okay. you can update if there's yep. any need
0: to update. All right. I just wanted to make sure we have that support. So thank you. Um,
13: I think we had one last question. Sorry. I just wanted to um, ask for the local option sales tax, when well, we're thinking long term, is there some way we can start that conversation? Or is there something that you would need from HCDC? Or, you know, like, I know it's kind of a large conversation, but just trying to think small baby steps. You know, what would that process look like? Or how could we work with staff or, you know, agency impact coalition? Just trying to get a feel for that, if that's possible. Yeah,
3: what I would say that, V, is I think think we're going to be discussing that probably in quite a bit of detail here shortly um, in terms of some of the other Planning for the city in terms of um, stability for the budget, as you talked about, we you know you may realize that we're one of the, we're the only metropolitan area in the state that doesn't have it. Um, I think one of the, the some of the discussion that we will have to have at that point is what does the actual ordinance language look like in terms of how much do we tie our hands in terms of where that money goes. Um, it, we've looked at what various cities have done and what gives you the best chance of getting that percentage that you need at the ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I think we have to do is, in talking with staff, and the council discussion, talking with communities, the community and agencies, et cetera, that all have their various interests, is trying to make a final decision that gives us the best opportunity to make sure it gets passed. Sure. Which might mean that it doesn't include it being all sliced and diced the way some people would want. Because what we've seen happen with some communities is you slice it and dice it too much, and you get somebody that says, I don't like that 5%, so I'm going to vote against it. I don't like that 10%, so I'm going to vote against it. So it's, it's that balance of having some structure to it, but having it fluid enough so that we can get the votes. Mm-hmm. So we'll have sure. that discussion certainly going forward.
13: I would just like to propose, in my conversations with the Agency Impact Coalition, um, I feel like they really see potential in partnering in terms of, you know, the services that they provide, Iowa City, are very um, robust and uh, community-invested. So even when you're thinking about, you know, I know a lot of um, lost. It's, it can be like, oh, well, we're doing parks and rec. And so the community sees, oh, we have better parks. When you're thinking about you know, the agencies and what they provide, they could really be great partners in saying, this is what we provide. And so it's, a, it's sort of a win-win. I, I just know there's been a lot of conversation about the benefit of having our agencies mm-hmm. and how uh, some sort of like, you know, awareness campaign or local options like, could be helpful in that. So just to kind of add that to your conversation. Thank you. Yeah. I
0: appreciate that. Thank yeah. you so much. I want to thank all the commissioners for coming out today and being a part of the conversation, thank and you. also for the Agency Impact um, Coalition, Coalition. Coalition. Uh, for also coming out today. Thank you all so much.
3: Thank you.
0: Thank you. While they are tra- transitioning off, I did at least want to just make mention of some of that Moz talked about. So, the, um, as far as like, our ability to change the um, the tax rate, um, that has to be set by January 28th, which is um, before the next council meeting. So I just wanted to at least make that notation so that it is aware.
2: Uh-huh.
11: Mayors, we're getting settled. Can I chime in real quick on Please the do. funding mechanism? Uh, at your next council meeting, you need to set the public hearing on your maximum tax rate. So that's part of the, the new legislation that was passed last year. This is a new step. Uh, therefore, we have to publish that maximum tax rate at, for your next meeting. Uh, it has to be because be pub- we're setting the public hearing. So, and when you set the public hearing, you have to put it out, put that tax rate out People. there, and that's the maximum. So, you cannot go up. So, if the council has an interest in raising the tax rate to fund an increase, we need to know that tonight. Um, my suggestion, and, and of course, we had talked about this scenario uh, coming into the meeting, is that we would not suggest that you um, use the tax rate to to fund an increase. Um, We do budget a a surplus this fiscal year. Um, budget that you have proposes a $70,000 surplus, um, but we are also over um, slightly our target reserve level. So our maximum target general fund reserve is 35%, uh, and we're about 36% now. So for a funding increase of the scale that you're talking about, Um, WHAT WE WOULD SUGGEST IS WE USE THAT SURPLUS AND THEN WE USE SOME ONE-TIME FUNDS TO BRIDGE THE GAP THIS YEAR AND THEN WE INCORPORATE THAT AS A GOAL GOING INTO THE FISCAL YEAR 22 BUDGET SO THAT um, uh, WE CAN MAINTAIN THAT LEVEL AND NOT SEE A DROP AND, AGAIN, um, if you're willing to set that priority for your fiscal year 22 budget right now, I don't see any problem in using the one-time funds uh, that we have to, to bridge that gap, and, and that way you're not getting into tax rate discussions.
7: Okay. You, you, you mean you think you have a ways, as you mentioned, all those kind of opportunity for this year? Yes. And also you have a way to do it next year, hopefully.
11: Hopefully yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it that becomes a top priority because you don't want this to be a pendulum where the you know one year it's up and one year it's it's down. Okay. Um, so that's a that's a priority, and you'll as you know you'll have a number of priorities going into next budget. We'll just have to really make that commitment here to to bridge that gap. Um, but we're talking, you know, depending I, I on where you land, hundred thousand or so. Mm-hmm. Um,
7: I, I believe if you can figure it out, you know, we don't need to do anything. That's my personal, you know, really. If you, can, if you can figure it out, then we don't need to change tax or we don't have to go through those kind of things, you know. So
11: I think the option is allow staff to work within the current tax levy uh, rate, sorry, tax rate that we've, we've established. If you want to give yourself that other option, we can publish a higher tax rate no, and don't. then scale it back. But I think that's going to cause a lot of confusion yes. and angst in the community.
7: I'd rather stay where we are. Yeah, It yes. stays the same thing if you can't figure it I'll out. We don't that.
0: have okay. to do
7: anything. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. Great. Well, on the 4th of February, we'll um, have it on the agenda to have more discussion. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: All right. So we're going to move on
10: there were extras you passed
0: to, we're going to be having a University of Iowa student government um, joint meeting with council and that's going to be February 11th and today we want to talk about what topics we might want to discuss with the UISG
15: yeah so I guess uh, thanks um, good to be back with you all um, and welcome. welcome new council members um, so yeah so I guess just to preface the conversation here um, Austin and I really want the conversation I mean uh, is that two weeks from now two weeks from now to be productive um, and so we really want to pick you know, specific agenda items that are going to, you know, progress the conversation um, and make it productive overall. So, I sent you all an email before I went off to break, so you should have had time to look over the results of the survey, but there was considerable um, attention on affordable housing, as always. Um, Also, carbon outf- output, looking at climate action steps, um, and also physical safety of students was something that um, I was you know, surprised by as far as um, you know interest in talking about that with you all. But yeah, I know graduate and undergraduate student government um, members are very excited to have your undivided attention um, at this joint meeting. And so um, yeah, I just wanted to get some input from you all as to um, other items that you'd like to add to the agenda.
3: I think the ones that the students want are the most important ones.
15: Sure.
0: I
3: don't know if others have. I others
8: well, I, have I certainly agree with you know the three top priorities um, should be should be discussed. I I would add perhaps um, you know are there special areas geographically in Iowa City uh, that are of concern to you? Um, for whatever reason that they might be a concern. Uh, So, I mean, the the three we're talking about, I mean, physical safety might be an example of that, actually, where specifically, what are we talking about? I mean, I, I think it's possible to take any one of those three and try to be more specific about what it is, the concern is
15: right yeah and i guess i that's kind of what i wanted to get from all of you is looking at those um you know those common those themes as you know big umbrellas and um just you know just to have that on the agenda items from you like things to talk about i don't know um things that you guys have been working on in the city you know on that on that side of things just to kind of start the conversation there and obviously at the joint meeting I mean it's just going to be you know a big old conversation so nothing's going to be voted on very casual laid back just an opportunity to have some open conversation so just like something to kind of get the conversation moving if there are any you know specific things you wanted to make sure to to talk about that address these issues um
10: I was thinking that uh one item that wasn't listed but kind of goes along with all of those is, is the parking issue. That's a that's a big issue and I know it's a concern of students and, and residents also in the city but I know students especially probably they come in with a car and they don't know what to do with it then so we might mm-hmm. have some discussion on that their thoughts and, and what they think the city might be able to do to help them with that.
2: Yeah definitely.
0: As a point of reference um, like for the physical safety of students um, I wonder if I mean, we may be able to kind of come in on that, but I wonder if maybe we wouldn't have someone from the police department um, kind of, because I know we have the downtown officer, Andy, that might be able to...
11: Yeah, we'll, I'm just taking notes here. We'll have kind of our subject matter staff experts sure. present that night. Okay, so awesome. So police, uh, it sounds like uh, climate action, NDS on affordable housing. We'll, we'll have folks there to help you out.
0: Perfect. Awesome. One thing that I would love to hear about, and I don't know what the counselors think, is we hear that the students kind of stay downtown, um, and we would love to find out what are some of those barriers for getting them in other parts of the community. Um, So at least me personally, I would love to know what would it take to get them, you know, to other parts of the community.
8: One thing that has come up uh, in some recent conversations with students that I've had, some of them were door-knocking for various presidential candidates, and um, uh, I was surprised at how articulate they were on the question of affordable housing. Uh, so one of, one of the ways that conversation could be framed would be uh, housing preference. You know, I heard some preferences from students in terms of what type of housing they would be interested in. Uh, including options such as uh, co living for lack of a better word, you know where you have um, shared common spaces but which can include kitchens for example, again that ties into the affordability issue so ha- mm-hmm. what beyond the sort of housing types that we see, uh, what are some thoughts of the students as well as with within the conventional framework that we often deal with you know of Buildings up to three stories, perhaps up to six stories, and then our high rises. How do how do students feel about those options?
0: And as far as the structure of the meeting, um, what is the length of time for the meeting itself?
15: Yes. So. The uh, UISG, you know, normal meetings, they usually go from 7 to 9, at, you know, that's the cap at 9, and then there's committee time after that, um, so definitely no longer than two hours. Um, I'm not sure you know if it would get to that length, but... Um, Yeah, we would just have, you know, kind of introductions and, you know, go through um, an agenda. Austin and I are going to draft up an agenda, and then we can send it off to you just to, you know, see a draft of the final agenda. And if there's anything that you all would like to change, um, we can address that at the the next city council meeting. Um, And, uh, yeah, just... Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll send you a final agenda so you can kind of see how the process will go. But, yeah, definitely not over two hours for that.
0: Okay. It would be helpful for our counselors to know how much time we'll have so we can govern ourselves accordingly.
16: (laughs) (laughs) I think as far as, sorry, just subject matter, um, a lot of the themes I was seeing, well, obviously the waste management was a high one Mm -hmm. of the second and third priorities, and it looked like from the individual comments, specifically recycling and compost, so Jeff, I think if we can have some information, I think it's a great opportunity just to share, you know, what what's available, what we're already doing, directions we can go in addressing some of those concerns. Just want to make sure that one's on the list for having some information available.
0: Great. You uh, any other thoughts on this topic?
15: No, I mean, uh, I think that sounds good. As far as uh, public safety um, or, or, you know, physical safety, um, I know that, you know, this was more in the renter's guide um, comments, but we saw a lot of concern about, you know, snow removal and ice and things like that, um, especially for students who are maybe living farther off campus or even at the um, apartment complexes. Um, And so maybe also touching on that topic might be a good idea. but, no, other than that, yeah, I think that's great. And, yeah, Austin and I will get back to you, we'll send you a uh, draft of the final agenda. And, yeah, we look forward to having hosting you all at the, the Iowa Memorial Union coming up here. So thank great.
0: you. We're looking forward to it. Thank you. Yes. All right. Moving right along. Clarification of agenda items.
3: Um, I've got one. It's not so much a clarification, but just kind of let people know. When we get to um, item number 12, repealing the moratorium, um, given that the delay in this was council instigated, I am going to propose that we consolidate the second and third readings and get this done
7: tonight. Uh, That's, can we do that during
0: the. We can do it. It will require a supermajority. And so I just want to see a nod of heads. of
3: I don't think who, we need to do a nod of heads now, do we? I mean, I mean I, later. I mean, I mean, we
0: can certainly. If I you mean, want I can to make s- the
3: motion yep, and, first. and somebody can second it. Okay. And then and if on. it passes, it passes. If on. it doesn't, it doesn't.
0: Okay.
7: So, yeah. sure.
0: right. Sounds good to me.
7: I don't think going to be a problem.
0: Any other agenda item?
3: Kind of a light agenda, which is nice.
0: Yes.
7: Yes. <laughs> yes. We have for the n- second time, Laura.
0: Yeah, we have new counselors. It was done just for them. <laughs> yes,
7: <laughs> yeah, we're going to ease you into it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It
0: had nothing to do with me. <laughs> no.
7: <laughs> it's a welcome.
0: Yes. All right. If there's nothing else on agenda items, I'll we'll see. move it. Move forward to info packet, January 9th. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll move on. Am I moving too quick? No. No. Move on to info packet January 16th.
8: I'm okay with the summer meeting schedule, um, IP 8.
0: I don't know if we. Let me. I mean.
3: thought I looked through everything, but that one. Won't.
0: Sorry.
7: If I told you we need that phone, <laughs> I don't know how to ask your chin anymore. <laughs> 23rd.
0: So
11: our counselor is able yeah. to see.
7: Yeah, that looks fine to me. Okay.
11: So for for the uh, council members who haven't gone through this, occasionally we'll change our meeting schedule in the summer, uh, cancel a meeting based on vacations or something. What what I'm suggesting here is that we go to an every three week schedule as opposed to every two week and just realize for those of you that will be around if something urgent comes up and we need to to get a vote on a specific item oftentimes to approve a a project or or what that that has a time-sensitive issue uh, with it we'll call a special meeting usually last five or ten minutes but we'll get the vote and we'll move on Uh, Mm Okay.
0: okay that works for people Seems like any other item from info packet January 16th. All right, I think we'll move on to council updates on assignment boards, commissions, and committees. And not to put Pauline on the spot, hopefully in the future I'll kind of give people fair (laughs) warning. But we're going to be just kind of rotating this way. Um, So we started with Maz the last time. And so today we'll start with Pauline.
10: Well, I uh, don't have any report on really any of my assigned committees. the, all of us, I think almost all of us, were at the joint entities meeting, so we all kind of know what we discussed at that. Uh, it was pretty short and sweet agenda, as usual. Uh, so I really have nothing else as far as assigned boards or commissions.
9: Great. The, the boards to which I'm assigned have not yet met, at least with me on them. <laughs> yep.
16: Uh, I attended an ICAD board meeting on January 10th, and I think you all are probably aware that Mark Nolte is moving on, and so the board will be undertaking a search for new executive director, and there was a very nice um, farewell him on the 17th also
3: which most of us missed because of the weather (laughs) weather. i was
16: very grateful to be downtown (laughs) at that time and just be able to shuffle over um and then i attended a unesco city of literature meeting on the 14th and we're undertaking some strategic planning
8: no no meetings have been held
3: i haven't had any we have jack meeting this friday so
0: all right so the only thing that i've had outside while i had the assessors meeting um and that was as we just kind of went through that today um and then today earlier today i did the um partnership for alcohol safety had a meeting there Um, other than that that was really kind of an introduction meeting giving me a little history about um how the Um, how the partnership kind of started and kind of where we plan to go here uh, in the future. So outside of that, no other committees for me.
7: Uh, You don't have any?
0: All right, great. Well, if there's nothing else for now, we will be adjourned into our 7 p.m. formal meeting.